We've established on this channel that Roman Reigns is awesome. I've done like what, two videos about it now. You get the picture. Well, this video, I'm doing something a bit different. I'm doing 50 reasons. Yeah, you heard me right. 50 reasons why Roman Reigns, our tribal god, is awesome. Now, I'm not alone for this. I'm going to be joined by Bonafide Heat. Say hello to everyone, Kevin. Yo, yo, yo. Let's get it, let's get it. So basically, yeah, we're just gonna probably jump right into this because we're gonna be here a little while. So yeah, I'm not gonna waste any more of you guys' time. Now, I think I'll kick off with reason one. We'll go from there. So reason one, why Roman Reigns is awesome. This man saved SmackDown. Like you look at SmackDown before Roman Reigns got there, like when he made his comeback. Oh my God, it was Braun Strowman with slime. It was exploding bottles. It was karaoke contests. It was Riddle you know, walking around with no shoes as Baron Corbin was making fun of his toes. It was, Kevin, how bad was SmackDown pre-Reigns? Well, we had my favorite wrestler, The Maz, and John Morrison making music videos about Braun Strowman. We had them playing in Kevin Dunn's production truck, giggling as they messed with Braun Strowman and, and Caleb Braxton. I mean, the, the best thing, like from when Roman left till he came back, the best thing, single best thing to happen was Sheamus throwing piss on Jeff Hardy. Like that's legitimately, that's the best thing to happen. Roman saved us. Like Roman is the modern day Chris Jericho. He saved us. Yeah, legit. I think it's as objective a reason as it gets. Roman Reigns saved SmackDown. So that's reason one. Reason two, kind of building on that one to an extent, saved the Universal Championship. Before Reigns came back, Kevin, where was the Universal title? Walk us through that, please. Oh, God. The Universal title was on Braun Strowman, you know, after Michael Cole announced, um, I think we're going to have a match at WrestleMania 36. It's going to be Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Just randomly, you know, we get that announcement, and then Braun Strowman beats Goldberg, and Braun Strowman proceeds to feud with John Morrison and The Miz, and then Bray Wyatt for the whole summer. Until Roman Reigns came back and thankfully took that belt off of him. Well, first The Fiend took it off him, and then Roman took it off The Fiend. But Roman has made that belt single-handedly the most important belt in the company. And arguably more important than anyone else has since the Universal Championship has been made. When you think about it, I mean, Finn Balor had it for, what, 10 hours? Yep. Kevin Owens had, like, a forgettable reign. Brock had the belt but defended it, like, twice a year. Roman has been week in and week out on SmackDown carrying that championship with pride, and he's made it the most important title in wrestling, bar none. Damn straight. It went from legitimately the 24-7 title featuring Braun Strowman pushing over a white van production truck with Miz and Morrison in it. It went from that with 24-7 title, Nickelodeon, Double Dare, Slime Time Live antics, to oh. the tribal god stacking and pinning a WWE Hall of Famer and a future first ballot Hall of Famer in the main event of WrestleMania, and then standing tall to close the show with Pyro. Like, you compare the two, there's no comparison. Reigns saved the Universal title. So, that's that one. Next, reason three, character. His character is so clear, it's so obvious. This is a guy who literally runs the WWE. This is a guy who knows in himself that he's the head of the table. He's the one who the company operates around. Okay, this is the guy. That's legitimately his character. He's the final boss of WWE. That's literally what Roman Reigns is. And... It, it's so easy, it's so recognizable, it's not corny, it's not cliche, it's legitimate, it's, it's literally factual. When you look at ratings, merch sales, etc. Just, Kevin, how great is his character? Yeah, it's basically what it, his character was as a babyface. Just the heel version of it, because he was the big dog, he was the top guy, like, that was his character prior. It's just a heel, more cocky way of 
going about it and it allows him more creative freedom but it's been awesome to watch he just he comes out he has a completely different speaking style uh he has a definable character when you ask someone what is roman raised well you can tell him he's the head of the table he's the tribal chief he's the top guy like you could you can easily describe what he is compared to like you ask someone someone asks you rather what is finn balor um he's a guy he's the prince He's the prince. That Kevin, people Kevin, in the Kevin, what, what, please explain to me Adam Cole. Adam Cole, Kevin. Uh, he's a guy that says "baby," and he has blonde hair. But but he's he's he's, un, he's undisputed. Yes, whatever the hell that means. He's undisputed. He has an NWO like theme song. Like no, there's nothing. There's nothing there. That's the point. Well, explain. 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 Wait, I'll just want another quick example. Explain someone like Ricochet. What is Ricochet, Kevin? Oh, what did they? What did they call him? The the man? No, that was Neville. Um, I don't man, know. What the hell they call Ricochet? The, the, I don't know. The man, the man, the, the, the man, the personality forgot. I don't know. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, number four, move set. His move set is it's straight to the point. It's not overcomplicated with a bunch of flip. Uh, maybe once in a blue moon he'll do that. You know, dive over the top, take everyone out, move. But that's once in a boy moon. His moveset is literally, he's got his golden glove on, and he'll do the big forearm smashes, you know, to really, like, obliterate the opponent. He'll do his spear, his Superman punch. He'll do, like, the, you know, the guillotine, you know, triangle choke move. Like, it's, it's a straight-to-the-point ground-and-pound offense. It's not like a moveset where you go, oh, well, he's taking a decade off his career every time he does that suicide flip, you know? Like... Yeah, his character, heavy does character. His moveset is very believable. He does good, strong, working punches... He could do that drop kick that he does, that that impressive drop kick where he jumps like six feet off the air, hits the guy that's on the bottom rope. I don't know if he still does that, but he used to. But does he still do that? I don't think I he think. does. I don't know. And but also like when you know you say it there, he's two hundred and sixty-five pounds. So when he does these moves and the way he delivers them, it looks impactful. It looks like a guy is beating the crap out of someone. It doesn't look like when the Miz hits someone with like a punch <laughs> and you go. This looks as fake as it gets. Why am I watching this? It looks like you've got Reigns with the, the you know the gold tribal glove just beat like, forearming the crap out of someone. Like it, it looks legit. So that's moveset. Next up, reason five, he's cool. Objectively. Like yeah. this is a guy who I mean there's reasons later on that kind of back this up more, but just objectively speaking, he's cool. You know? It's, it's pretty straightforward. There's not really much to say about this one. He's just he has swagger. Exactly. He comes out, he wears Jordans. Well, like, he goes out in Jordans, black shirt, black t-shirt. When he's not wrestling, like, that, he looks cool. I mean, you could argue, you could say about his haircut's kind of goofy, but rather than that, he just looks like a guy that you want to go have a drink with. You know, he's not like, he, he doesn't come off like an Adam Cole, like somebody who just sits in their room and plays video games all day. He looks like a cool guy that you can hang out with in person, have a good down-to-earth conversation. For example, if you want to see how cool he is, watch his episode of Sneaker Shopping that came out, like, three months ago, or three weeks ago. He's the coolest guy in the world. He, he was more worried about buying sneakers for his daughter, his son, and his wife than he was buying sneakers for himself. Jeez, what a guy, what a guy. Next up, reason six, great storyteller. I mean, you look at ever since he came back, this guy, through the power of his great storytelling, made Jay Uso, a guy who was literally a tag team for life, run-of-the-mill, just guy you couldn't tell apart from his brother. Reigns, because how great he is at storytelling, made that Jay Uso a part of the most must-see and captivating story in WWE in ages. That's that story they did. Main event Yep, exactly. Main event Uso. Like, that whole thing they did, September and October especially, I mean, we'll talk about later, the Clash of Champions and the Hell in a Cell matches they had, phenomenal. 
like the storytelling was great. Then the stuff with Drew McIntyre, the whole I'm number one, you Drew, you're the number two, you're the right guy, you know, you, you've got the right look, but it's the wrong time. It's not your time. Like, that storytelling was good. The Owen stuff was pretty good storytelling. He even has good storytelling with Adam Pearce. Like, this, this guy can do good stories with anyone. It's fantastic. In Ring, he's a good storyteller too. Even back, like, when he, when he was stale and he was the big dog, he told good stories as a member of the Shield. He still, he, like, when they did the whole breakup of the Shield, you know, like, you remember that whole, the whole time where he and Ambrose were having beef and Rollins was the glue? Like, yeah. Even back then, he was a good storyteller. The match he had with Brock at WrestleMania 31, that was a good in-ring storytelling match. Like, he's he's been good. It's not just recently, you know, he's been a good storyteller. Yeah, it's kind of like you mentioned with, like, he was he was he had the good in him when he's a babyface, but now that he's a heel, you really get to see all of that on show, and that's why that's what makes him so awesome. So that's reason six. Reason seven, everything he's involved in feels important. Literally, when this guy comes out and he's cutting a promo on someone or he's interacting with someone, you not you inherently care because of how great Reigns is and how everything he's involved in feels big time. It just feels important, does it not? Like, Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why he kicks off SmackDown every week. The WWE wants people to watch the show for at least the first 15 to 20 minutes while Roman's on TV. Whether he's out there cutting a promo, screaming at Jey Uso, or he's yelling at Kevin Owens, or Adam Pearce is like interacting with him, it doesn't matter what he's doing. It's good. Like you said, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And then it's just that's how it's been since he came back in um, in August 2020. Everything he does just feels big time. Well, legit, you mentioned there, like, 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 like I said, uh, let me just finish, let me yeah. say this real quick. Like Easy. I said at WrestleMania in my in my vlog, and I had the, the the screen cap. All eyes were on Roman. When Roman came out, everybody had their phones pointed to him. The the women that are there, the wives that were there that don't know any wrestling, had their phones on Roman. Like people who don't know wrestling were focused on Roman. He's just he's big time. Exactly, and like you mentioned there, they open the show with him for a reason. Like you see people online complain, oh well. Same old SmackDown, just a Roman Reigns entrance to open the show. I'm bored of this. They've done this every week for eight months. What would you rather see open the show? Do you want to see Ruby Riot versus Natalia in a great match? Like, like of course they're going to have Reigns come out, do his big grand entrance. If you're a random 36-year-old woman flipping the channels and you see Reigns coming out there as the tribal chief with his belt, he's looking all you know, professional, you, you know, you, you're more enticed to you know, keep watching that than you're going to watch Ruby Riot doing a backflip that misses Natalia, you know? Like, God. anyway, anyway, moving on. Next up, reason number eight. Elevates mid-card talents who have clear, overwhelming deficiencies in their game to main eventers. For example, Cesaro. Uh, he's doing that right now. Cesaro can barely talk. Like, as far as you give him a microphone, he's essentially useless. But Roman Reigns is making a Cesaro feud at the moment seem compelling. That's the greatness of Roman Reigns. This guy took Jey Uso a guy who has the potential there, and but there's still deficiencies, and elevated him. This guy took Kevin Owens and really made him a legit main eventer for a couple of months. Same with Daniel Bryan. Like Roman Reigns elevates these guys. Even you know, they tease stuff with Nakamura, like Adam Pearce, like all these people. Because of how great Reigns is, he'll just elevate, he'll elevate them up tremendously. It's glorious. Yeah. Well, that that's the biggest example is Adam Pearce, and nobody knew who Adam Pearce was. Like what? six months ago yep then he starts interacting with roman reigns and all of a sudden people wanted to see roman versus adam pierce at the royal rumble i mean that that says everything you need to know right there yeah because like R roman reigns uh, if they did reigns versus pierce the rumble which i low-key wish they did that match would have been better than about 95 percent of the matches we see in wrestling all year that would have been a genuinely damn good match because of reigns 
But nonetheless, that's just one example. Reigns makes Adam Pearce seem engaging. So that's that one. Reason nine, pretty quick one, recognizable. Like we talked about it before. You compare Reigns to literally everyone on the roster, he's he's completely recognizable. He stands out. He's unique in a good way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's cousins with The Rock. He was in Fast and Furious. He has that mainstream appeal. I mean, he's no, he's no Rock, Austin, or Hogan, or Cena, but he could get there very easily. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's reason nine. Building on that, reason ten stands out. Very similar type of one, but this guy, he, he stands out from just everyone else. It's not you, you, like you look at a line of these wrestlers and you see Roman Reigns and think that's the star out of them, you know? So, yeah, that's that one. Then I'll just quickly move on. Eleven, he looks like a wrestler. It's not too much to ask. He doesn't look like good old a five foot seven crossfitter who doesn't train his arms like most of NXT. He's a guy who looks like he could beat you up. Because he, you can tell he goes to the gym actively, you know? Like, yeah, he looks like a big-time star. He looks like the guys from the past that were big stars. He, he looks, he's cut from the same cloth as an Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, you know, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, like those guys. He looks like someone. Exactly. And like one of the things he talked about in interviews is that ever since like the pandemic hit and he took the um, time away because he's like naturally immunocompromised and don't want to go and be going to work during the middle of the height of a pandemic, when he took those like four or five months off from like end of March through August, he was actively, you know, working with a strength and conditioning coach, actively doing like a really heightened training regime so that he goes from a guy with a pretty good physique to a guy with an insane physique as he is now. So hats off to him for that. He just, he personifies, looks like a wrestler. So that's that one. Next up, Kevin, I'll get you to talk about this. Catchphrases, reason 12. This guy's great at it. Like... Which one? I mean, which one? He's got so many right now. He has what? Like, we're going to talk about them, but he yep. just has a ton of catchphrases. You, anything he says, you put it on a t-shirt, it's going to sell. Like, like at WrestleMania, his t-shirt was flying off the shelves. Him and Bad Bunnies were like the only shirts that sold out. You know, so that tells you enough right there. I mean, yeah, his catchphrases are awesome. Anything he says on the mic is gold. And I mean, at first, his catchphrases were corny. Like, oh, you can believe that. Like, that was corny. It was forced. But, you know, now as a tribal chief, he's got just good catchphrases. He's good on the mic. And Hell yeah. Really, that's what else can I say? Hell yeah. It's just like the, the importance of catchphrases. Like, that's one of the things with wrestling. When you have a star, like, part and parcel with that is catchphrases. Things you remember. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Texas Rattlesnake. Austin 316. Catchphrases that literally everyone knows. And then you have The Rock. He's the great one. He's the people's champion. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. The Brahma Bull. Like, Reigns is getting to that point where he has a bunch of these phrases that are legitimately recognizable with him, and we'll mention them in a moment. So, that's them. Reason 13, the entrance. Kevin, you saw this live at WrestleMania. Walk us through the entrance. Like I said, everybody had their cameras out. Everybody was glued when Roman Reigns came out. It was like, you know, when you have Daniel Bryan's entrance, okay, Edge's entrance, cool. Even though people were booing, they were still engaged in Roman Reigns' entrance. And that's and it's a spectacle. He comes out. He's got all this pyro. He does the big, you know, the big, um, the hit, the the punch to the floor. And I saw it at WrestleMania 33 too. His entrance was big time there too. His entrance, it just, it's awesome. It gets people engaged. People are making noise, whether they're booing, cheering, whatever. It's not like when you know, like a Johnny Gargano comes out on Raw in 2019 or whatever it was, and people are sitting on their hands going to get popcorn. When Roman Reigns, he has again cut from the same cloth as some of the guys from the past. Just an entrance that is must-see. Hell yeah. I mean, as you say there, like, people were booing Reigns at WrestleMania. 
but it's that whole thing which we'll talk about later where he's literally like the perfect heel in that regard you love to hate him but he can still you know massively entertain you and that's what you saw at wrestlemania with that people everyone had their phones out like they're filming reigns they want to see the entrance and it's why his entrance every week opens smackdown yes it takes like five minutes after the show but him walking out establishes the character it, it, it establishes the presence it's not just like oh well we'll cut back from a commercial break and this guy's in the ring jumping around ready for a good good squash match you know it, it, right. it, it's special it's distinctive so oh. Yeah, let, let, yep. let me add this too, real yep. quick. Easy. So him, him and Randy Orton, they have the same concept of entrance. They both slow walk down to the ring. The difference is people are gluing on Roman as he's slow walking down to the ring. With Orton, people are kind of bored. Like they're just waiting for him to get on the turnbuckle and do his pose so they can get a picture. But with Roman, it's like they're glued every step, every like everything he does. He glances to the crowd like they're just locked in on everything. And it was the same way back in WrestleMania 33 when I went. It was the same exact thing with Orton and Roman. It's the same parallel. That, that's a good comparison. So, yeah, that's that. Now, really quickly, I'm going to go back to the catchphrases and kind of fly through them a bit. But really, I've just got to praise each one because each one of these catchphrases is the reason why this guy's awesome. So, yeah, reason 14, head of the table. That's just a damn good catchphrase. 15, the tribal chief. Like, that's probably one of the best catchphrases in wrestling in, I dare say, over a decade. I mean, it would have to be you know and then 16 wreck everyone and leave great catchphrase 17 shop and win it just those four will collectively for a moment just talk about him like distinctive recognizable unique fits his character if you put him on t-shirt as you said a moment ago kevin that'll sell out at wrestlemania that'll sell out at live events that'll sell out on wvshop.com like it's just those catchphrases are what a wrestler should have like something distinctive you know yeah, exactly. I mean, he comes out and he says, I am your tribal chief. Acknowledge me. It's something that you'll instantly remember. Even when Roman is long gone from wrestling and he's, you know, he's doing, he's on the bump talking about the new, the new wrestlers of today in 15 years. People, he's still going to be known as a tribal chief. They're going to introduce him as a tribal chief whenever he makes an appearance when he's retired. It's going to stick with him forever. And that's what, that's what's good about a catchphrase. The Rock, people still know him as the great one. John Cena, hell, people still know John Cena as a doctor of thugonomics. Never give up. Hustle, loyalty, respect. There's just things I can rattle off the top of my head about Cena, too. And, yeah, Roman has it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even mention that one, but, like, acknowledge me. Like, that's another one. Reigns has that on the yeah. shirt. That sells out big time, and you can barely find that. It's barely available because everyone wants to have that shirt. And these also, I mean, we can move on with here. So, reason 18, cool merchandise. Like, this is one of the things. When you put these catchphrases on a shirt, you can happily wear that around in public, and not, you know, carry around the stigma of being, oh, you're a wrestling fan? You watch a bunch of men in their underwear rolling around with each other? Like, it, it's not like that. Like, you're wearing a, a shirt that says, acknowledge me. And it's like, like, that fits near enough any context. You don't have to be in on wrestling to get that shirt. It, like, you can walk in in any situation with a shirt saying, acknowledge me, and it, 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 it works, you know? Like, yeah, it's a lot like Brock Lesnar's eat, sleep, conquer, repeat shirt. It's like people might not know who what wrestling is with Roman. It comes to Roman, they might not know what the tribal chief means, but they're gonna be like, "Oh, cool shirt, bro. What is that? You know, like what? Where is that from? Is that like a movie? Is that a TV show?" And yeah, it's just cool. Like you can wear like women will want to wear it. You know, who aren't into wrestling, or even anyone who's not into wrestling, children. You know, people that aren't really into wrestling, they'll see like this Roman Reigns shirt, maybe at a hot topic, and they're like, "Oh wow, that's a nice shirt. Okay, I want to, I want to pick that up." Hell yeah, and then that leads into reason 19. Top merch seller in the company. 
I mean, you told us a moment ago, Kevin, just feel free to really quickly reiterate that. What what was it like at WrestleMania looking for Roman Reigns match? Well, I mean, I was trying to get one, you know? I was trying to get one for my other half, and yeah, I couldn't get one. It was like every merchandise stand up. We don't have any Roman shirts, though. We don't have any. Sorry, they're out, you know? But they got plenty of, you know, the, the Matt Riddle versus Sheamus shirts. They got like a hundred, like thousands of those, you know? But... Yeah, you can't, can't get a Roman shirt. It's hard. And even on WWE.com, they're out of like, I was looking, trying to find one. It's like they're out of stock of all the major sizes, medium, large, XL. They're out of stock on it. It's just, they're hard to find. And it's like, like with Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny's merchandise for WWE sold out instantly. It's the same with Roman. And like, I mean, you're talking about Bad Bunny, one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And Roman's Southern merch right up there with him. It's, it's crazy. Hell yeah. I mean, that's wild. Like, it really is. And then, yeah, moving on, reason number 20, kind of, I mentioned a moment ago, but. It's not embarrassing to support Roman Reigns. Like, when you're wearing these shirts around that says, head of the table, the tribal chief, you know, acknowledge me, show up and win. Like, they're not phrases that have, like, a, a kind of a, a negative stigmatized correlation to, oh, you watch that geeky, nerdy wrestling? Pfft, what's wrong with you? Like, it's, it, there's not that kind of stigma with it. So it's not inherently embarrassing. Like, it's not like you're, you know, walking around a shirt saying, which has, like, the original bro, and there's a picture of Matt Riddle with, like, a stallion ear, or, like, you know? Like, I mean, you did a video with Destroy BHB about merchandise. So much merchandise nowadays just straight up sucks on WB Shop. But the Reigns merch is objectively cool, you know? Right, exactly. And, like, you, know, you can show one of your friends who doesn't know anything about wrestling or thinks wrestling is nerdy, you can show them a clip of Roman beating up somebody on SmackDown, on Instagram and just be like, yeah, look at this. Like, check, look at this guy. Like, yeah, most of the wrestling's BS, but look at this clip of Roman yelling at Jey Uso, beating him up. Like, this is funny or this is good. Or, and, you know, most people that are casuals, they'll, they'll agree. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, that clip is good. That's like, that guy looks like he could be in movies. Hell yeah. I mean, like, that's a, that's a great point. Like, legit, clips of Roman Reigns with, with his, like, golden glove on, doing those massive forearms, beating the crap out of someone. It doesn't look like a guy is trying to do trapeze act gymnastics where you're barely doing any damage to the guy just to try and put on a great show for the fans. It's legit ground and pound wrestling. It's one guy beating the crap out of someone. It's what a heel should be doing. So, yeah, that's reason 20. Moving on, reason 21, he reinvigorated Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, for literally years and years, would come out, would tell you what Brock Lesnar's storyline is, and say Brock Lesnar's name, and that was it. That's all Paul Heyman did. He said, my name's Paul Heyman, my client is Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar is feuding with Roman Reigns, and Brock will beat him at Saudi Showdown. That's legit what Heyman did for years. But but now, ever since we saw that shot on the SmackDown to close, I think August of 2020, where Heyman and Reigns were on the couch together, then you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is different. And I mean, you can talk about this now, Kevin. Heyman's role with Reigns, it's actually like, it's better, it's different, you know? It's good, yeah, it's good. It's a different layer to the Paul Heyman character. But like you said, for so long, all he did was come out and say, my client is the one in 21 and 1, or eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. Now he talks when needed, when Roman hands him the microphone, and he's like, it's just a different layer. We see Paul Heyman reacting at ringside like he does better than anybody else. When Roman's getting beat up or Roman is close to losing, you see Paul Heyman having an aneurysm and it's just, he's believable. He's so, he's really good. And people are seeing like a, a, a different level of Heyman that they're enjoying more because Heyman was kind of like for so many years, just forced down your throat with the Brock stuff. Now he's kind of whittling in the background and I think it fits him a lot better. 
But hell yeah, and like one of the things with Paul Heyman as well, when Reigns does his entrance, which we talked about, Reigns holds up the Universal title, Paul Heyman with his like long turtleneck is just like looking at the title. It's great. And then you mentioned the reactions a moment ago. Remember at WrestleMania 37, like I was watching this, when Edge and Brian had their like joint submissions on Reigns, and Reigns is like yeah. dying in the ring. The, the, the camera shows like Heyman, and Heyman's literally like crying, he's like sobbing. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, it's great. It's, good. it's great stuff. Yeah. Like, instead of just, as you say, Paul Heyman coming out going, my client is Brock Lesnar. Like, it's better. So, that's that. Then, moving on to reason 22, back to Roman Reigns, promo delivery. The way he yep. delivers his promos. Distinctive. So like, you talk about this now, yeah? Um, yeah, so good. His promo delivery is just, it's different. He's got a completely unique unique way of talking. Like, there's not very many guys that have talked like him. Like, yeah, we've seen Mick Foley, who, who was really good, and Jake the Snake, who are really good at doing the quiet promo. But Paul, but uh, not Paul, Roman Reigns adds, like, a coolness factor to it. Like, when he's like, I done stacked them up, I done pinned them both, and I done walked out of WrestleMania 37 as the Universal Champion. It's like... like mic drop like what else you need to say well like, like the, the thing i feel delivery. the thing i feel reigns he doesn't recite the script he owns the right. script you know like when he's doing a promo i don't get the vibe that he's just reading off a teleprompter or he's you know just, he's just tried to memorize the lines like five years ago this is a big issue with reigns it sounded like he was literally verbatim trying to remember the lines of a script but he's clearly put the work in done the acting classes done the practice of this type of stuff so that when he gets the script, it's not just, oh, I'm going to recite the lines that Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard or some random 45-year-old middle-aged man writer wrote for me. I'm going to actually perform the script and really own it. And he owns the material. It's great, you know? So mm -hmm. that's that one. Moving on, Reason 23, kind of similar. Cuts recognizable promos. Kevin, you talk about this. It, it, the, the prom there's nothing really like a Reigns promo nowadays at all. Like No, it's, it's completely different. You know when Roman Reigns is talking. You know it. You know he's gonna come out. He's gonna say, "I'm the tribal chief," and he's very. He just sounds cool. Like the dude just sounds cool. What else can you say? It's recognizable. It's a unique style. And I mean, for me, it's must see TV every time Roman Reigns is on the screen. And I don't think there's anyone else really in WWE like that. Like, yeah, Edge to an extent, but they've watered down Edge by having him take selfies with Baron Corbin on live TV. <laughs> like, like, you know, you don't see Roman doing that kind of cheesy stuff anymore. Now when he's out there, it's just, you know what he's going to say, and you know how he's going to deliver it, and you know you're going to love it. Hell yeah, and then also with that, I say recognizable promos, if you, if you, literally, if you have a paragraph of a script, okay, you take a random paragraph of a promo from Roman Reigns, and you don't know it's Roman Reigns, you can clearly tell that's a Reigns promo. It's not like 90% yeah. of the roster, where there's no you know, recognizability, you know, not really a word, but you get my point. There's, there's nothing that you, you look at it and think, oh, that's a, oh, that's clearly a Ricochet promo. That's clearly a Johnny Gagano promo. That's clearly a Finn Balor promo. It's like, you see Reigns promo with, as you say, the wording, tribal chief, head of the table, acknowledge me. I'm, you know, doing this for my family. Like, that stuff, it's so clearly Reigns. It's recognizable and it's great. So, that's 23. Next up, reason 24, I'll get you to talk about this one. The guy produces, like, memeable, like, jiffable <laughs> segments. Like, stuff that you'll see on social media for the next, like, few weeks and months, you know? No, you're going to see some of the stuff, like, like him changing the channel on Kevin Owens. That's going to live forever in, in wrestling Twitter. That's going to be just in the annals of wrestling Twitter forever. Um, the one where Jay Uso was banging on his on his locker room door. <laughs> it's, it's just been a bunch of different things yep. that he's done. And, like, 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's like, it's great. Like the one where, like, when he just, he was like doing the promo on Edge and like Edge making his decision and then he just snaps and goes like, oh, why do you play games with me? Like, and then Heyman, yeah, like, Heyman freaks out and Heyman's like crying. And then Joe Uso's standing there just like looking a bit scared. I like, like, that's, it, that's great, you know? It, it, there's the one from this past week too where he walked off and walked away from Cesaro. That's going to be a meme too. That's like, like, this is the stuff. It, it incorporates the great character and does stuff that, you know, plays up to social media. Stuff like this, as you mentioned, turning the channel on Kevin Owens. That was hilarious. Jey Uso in the locker door. Like, there's so many different examples. Like, most weeks, like, when Reigns is sitting in the chair, you know, like, watching Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso, for example, Reigns is just sitting in the chair, just watching, just looking unimpressed. Or when Reigns is sitting backstage on a couch, and he's, like, looking down the camera, looking just annoyed. Like, these pictures, they're great. It's, it's memeable, it's funny, it's entertaining, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's the one of Paul Heyman looking at the Universal Championship like that's his newborn baby <laughs> when they're sitting in the locker room. Like, there's just, there's so many memeable, just meme-worthy content that Roman Reigns and Jey Uso and Heyman deliver us every week. Yeah, and it's not like, maybe, maybe backstage before they go out, they, they go, oh, we'll do this, the social media will love that. But, like, no one else really does this, you know? Like, I can't think of one thing really outside of Mandy Rose slipping, which is, I think, unintentional. But like everything else, it's like okay, well they had a good match. Moving on, who cares? But with Reigns, yeah. with Reigns, he does something in a backstage segment randomly, and then your whole timeline on Twitter is just people recycling this one meme. Like it's great, you know? Yeah, no one like it. Yeah, I mean they they you know they they killed the Mandy slipping thing, and they had Orton do it, and then Nia buried that into the ground yeah, so yeah they mean, they, you know they're not roman ain't letting people kill his memes so god almighty that's a good part of it. yeah it's like different every week so yeah that's that one next up reason 25 this man saved jay uso's career now jay uso in july it might have been june i think it was july 2020 the infamous karaoke segment was hosted by jay oh. uso on smackdown now that was like a rock bottom career moment for anyone and for Jey Uso, when he had his brother Jimmy out on the sidelines with a long-term injury, so his tag team partner's gone, Jey Uso could have well faded into obscurity and not been seen on TV for like over a year, like a Bo Dallas of sorts. But instead, Roman Reigns saved this guy's career, Kevin. Like, it's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it ties into the next reason too, the Jey Uso storyline. Hell yeah, the, reason the 26. Yeah. Go with this one. Yeah, yeah the, the Jey Uso storyline that saved his career. That saved Jey Uso's career. It, and it, it proved that Roman could make damn near anything great. You know, they have this story where, like, Roman's just this evil heel. You know, he's he's beating up his cousin. He's mad at his cousin. And his cousin's just like, no, nah, this ain't you, bro. This ain't the Roman that I know. And then they have this, like, good story. You know, at Helena Cell, you have Jimmy Uso hobbling down you know, with a crutch, trying to save Jay. Roman beats up Jimmy. It was just really good stuff. And then finally, Jay, you know, he bought in. He was like, I got no choice. I can't stop you. You're, you're right. And this is like the Samoan dynasty. Like, you're the head of the table. I can't go against you. There's so many layers to the story. And it was so captivating. Must It was must-see TV. And it set the bar ridiculously high for what's possible in a Roman Reigns story. Hell yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, just, I'll quickly fly through the next couple of reasons. So, yeah, you mentioned 26, the Jey Uso storyline. 27, you touched on the match there. Reigns and Jey Uso in their Universal title match, a Clash of Champions. Going in, of course, everyone knew Reigns was going to win. But the story they told... Just damn good. Like, they put on one of the best matches of 2020. Like, I know some people have given that match three stars because, oh, I was bored by the match. But it was like, it was a storytelling match. If you watch that match on its own merits, it's an incredible match. So, that's 26. 27, you touched on it there. 
I think we can talk about this a little bit more. The 20, you know, the Reigns, Jey Uso, I quit match at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. My God, like, Amazing. I mean, you go on to this one, it was just phenomenal. Like, yeah, it was good. It was great. It, it was like, I mean, you could take your pick whichever match you like better, but both of these matches that he had with Jay, especially the Hell in a Cell match for me, it was an I quit match with a different layer to the Hell in a Cell. It kind of helps when, you know, you can't have blood. And then on top of that, there's two other Hell in a Cell matches on the pay-per-view. So it helps to add a different layer to it. And it was just a wild ride. It was a roller coaster ride of a story. You have, you know, you have Jay begging for mercy, Jimmy hobbling out, like I said. Just what pro wrestling is at its best. When pro wrestling is great, it's based on storytelling, character work. And this match and most the other match they had, but mainly the Hell in a Cell match was the was like the climax of that, of what pro wrestling is supposed to be. It was it was way better than people expect to. That's a whole other thing to it. People are just thinking, oh, Roman's gonna beat Jay in like two minutes. Uh, he's gonna make him tap. But no, Jay hung with Roman, and they had great chemistry, and they made it work, and they told a hell of a story. Hell yeah! And like building onto that as well, one of the things I think about with that, like we mentioned, like the the images and recognizable moments that social media can use and all that kind of stuff, and you know keeps you relevant on social media. Look at the image of Reigns like crying in that match. Like Reigns is like hunched over, he's like he's like sobbing, and like that image is used in near enough every time someone tweets pain, and there's a picture of like Reigns in that match, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's so many like different moments, like that match, the, the last like five minutes especially, the whole match is really good. But the last five minutes, some of the best storytelling you'll see in wrestling. So, yeah, phenomenal stuff. If you haven't seen that match for whatever reason, go and check it out. So that's the Reigns and Jey Uso stuff. Then we're gonna qu- like swiftly move into like the November stuff. The contract signing segment with Drew McIntyre, Kevin. This one, I remember this as clear as day. This segment was phenomenal. Like, what do you remember from it? Like, oh, it's great. I mean, I just remember reason number thirty. That yeah. was <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, he tell he tells Drew McIntyre, "You'll always be number two to me." It's like, wow, okay, you know, business has picked up. He just told the guy that carried WWE throughout the, the heart of the pandemic, like, you'll always be number two. I, I'm always going to be the number one guy, no matter what. And it added a different layer of realism. You could sense a little bit of professional jealousy, professional tension between the two, and it was good. It was. It gave me Rock Austin vibes. Obviously not on the same level, but it gave me vibes and just reminded me of that great story. Yeah, because it, it, it goes against, like, the grain, which is always what's made pro wrestling just anything, like, interesting and compelling. It's that Reigns, instead of doing what 85 to 95, or probably upwards of 95% of the roster would have done, where they go, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I can't wait to have a really good match. I'm so happy to be performing here. Reigns goes, no, stuff that. Drew, you're number two. I don't care how many matches you've won, how much you've carried the WWE through this pandemic. I'm here now. I'm one. You're two. Deal with it. That's legit how Reigns went about it. And it was so entertaining. The whole segment, Reigns is literally sitting at the head of the table, Drew's sitting there, as we mentioned, the WWE champion for literally the whole year, the face of 2020 on Monday nights, and then Reigns is looking at him just like, dude, you're number two, just, you're not on my level. And as you say, professional jealousy, professional tension, fantastic. So that leads into 31, the the Reigns and McIntyre war at Survivor Series, what a match. You know, like, I remember watching the the Survivor Series pay-per-view, it was a pretty dead show up to that point, there was a bunch of just meaningless kind of Raw vs Smackdown matches, and then you get to this, and this was like, okay, now we're in business. Now we've got the number one versus the number two. You've got this big face-off between the two biggest stars of you know, the current generation. Kevin, how great was that? You know, Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It was everything wrestling supposed to be. 
That's like that's all I can say. Really, it's, just, mm. it's everything wrestling's supposed to be: two big guys that are believable, top of the game, the two best wrestlers in the company going at it. That, that's what we want. It's like Cena, Punk, you know, Rock, Rock Austin, Hogan Savage. It's the two best guys going at it. And it was really good. And they had good chemistry and it worked. It was a lot better than their WrestleMania 35 match. I'll say that. Oh, hell yeah. So that was really good. Then reason 32, moving on, he reinvigorated Kevin Owens. Like we talked about the stuff with Paul Heyman. Kevin Owens, for the, the bulk of 2020, had done what? He spent about six months involved in a, a never-ending, boring storyline with Seth Rollins, featuring KO show segments every week where Rollins would say, Kevin... I'm the messiah, you need to open your eyes to me. And then Owens would be like, nope, stunner, kick you in the crotch, stunner. Like, that was legit that. And then he did nothing for a while, and then he feuded with Aleister Black for like two months on Raw. Over what? I'll never know. And then, like, Owens is floundering, and then he, you know, he gets in a feud with the Tribal Chief, and all of a sudden his stock goes from, who really cares, to, oh, he's, he's in the main event of the A show. I care about him now, you know? Like, yep. how good? Like yeah, it was big. It was big time. The, the match they had at TLC and the match they had at Royal Rumble were very good. And I know we're going to talk about that, but hell yeah, awesome. then, yeah. Really quickly, leading into that, you can talk about this match, Kevin. Reason thirty three: the Reigns Owens match at TLC twenty twenty. How good? I, I, I mean, I would say it's probably the best TLC match that WWE's had in the last five years. I'd probably say it was it was awesome. I mean, when I think of, I can't even think of any any other TLC matches from the past five years. So. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, but I really loved this match. I thought it was really good. I mean, they had good chemistry. You know, we've seen them wrestle before, but it was a different dynamic with heel Roman and babyface Kevin Owens. It was a different dynamic from the first time around when they feuded. So it worked. Um, Reigns elevated Kevin Owens. He took Kevin Owens from a guy, like you said, mid-card, lower mid-card, and he made it a must-see match. It was uh, like what everybody was talking about, basically, aside from... Randy Orton setting the Fiend on fire. This was the other big talking point. It was just Roman Reigns is all hits, no misses. And this match with TLC was no exception. Absolutely. And then that leads into reason 34. The Christmas Day SmackDown Steel Cage match. Now, this match, it was really good. But I'm not just you know putting this on the list for the match itself. I'm putting it on because this match drew 4 million viewers. Okay. Yes, there was a lead-in from the NFL. I'm consciously aware. But nonetheless... That's a number that in modern WWE in the past five years is obscene. It's the number that they drew when The Rock had the segment with Becky Lynch on the SmackDown on Fox Premiere, like around there. But ever since then, you don't see you know, the 4 million number mentioned. Like you see, if they're lucky, maybe 2.3s, Kevin. But outside of that, it's like, you know, it's like they drew 4 million viewers for Reigns vs. Owens inside a steel cage on Christmas Day. That's great, dude. That ratings-wise, that's nuts. Like that's straight up. Just hats off to hats off to Owens. Hats off to Reigns because I, I'm guaranteeing you more people are watching that thinking, "Oh, this is Roman Reigns, a steel cage. This is WWE SmackDown. This is legit. I'm gonna watch this." You know, like that's dope. Like yeah, and then like you know, 25 minutes later, you got Daniel Bryan pep talking Chad Gable. So yeah, you've got Daniel Daniel Bryan now. backstage. Literally dry humping a 300 pound, 5 foot 10 walking gif. Like, wow. That's just, that's ratings. So, moving on, we got reason, we'll do reason 35. I'll get this one done. The Reigns Owens last man standing match at the Rumble. Walk us through this one, Kevin. Okay, like this match, really good. Walk us through it. Yeah, one of the better, like, PG violent matches that I could think of. They really pulled out all the stops you had. Like, I, one of the things I remember. 
was Reigns driving the golf cart. <laughs> like that, yeah. That was, Kevin Owens going through the golf, going through the glass. Like, wow, that's, yeah. Talk about meme worthy. Jeez, I mean, yeah, that's, if I can remember something from a match, because I hardly remember matches. Yeah. If I could remember something, that means the match was good. Because, like, you and I, we watch what, like, you know, we watch like a hundred matches a week. It feels like at this rate, yeah, there's so much wrestling. Yeah. So if I can remember something four months out from a match, that, that tells you it was good. Hell yeah, that golf cart thing was great. And like, it, it's once again, like all these different things you can say on social media because of that match. Or, you know, the, the, the clip of Roman Reigns on the golf cart, you know, driving into Kevin Owens and bowling him over. And people being like, oh, I'm hitting the new week like, and then you have a picture of that. Or just a bunch of different stuff. Me, me driving into my all my problems. Like, it's funny. So that match is really good. Just it's memorable, and that's such a great point you make. Like the amount of matches and stuff that we cover for like either Elite Heat or just our channels and whatnot, you just lose track of pretty much everything. But the fact that we distinctly remember that and distinctly remember this match, hats off to him. So that's that. Reason thirty six. Roman Reigns made people want to see Adam Pearce. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we touched on this. <laughs> yeah, we touched on this when I said that you know nobody knew who Adam Pearce was like six months ago, and then he cuts one promo with Roman Reigns, and all of a sudden we're, we're seeing people dig up all this research on Adam Pearce that pretend to be fans of him. Like, oh, I remember this feud he had in Ring of Honor with Adam Pearce. That, that's how you know that you're onto something when you got people pretending to be fans of the guy from like ten years ago. Literally, when this guy was like opening SmackDown, like confronting Adam Pearce. Like, the whole thing was that Roman Reigns was pissed off with Adam Pearce because he kept giving Kevin Owens these opportunities, even though Reigns kept retaining his title, yeah, albeit through you know, BS circumstances with Jey Uso. But Reigns was retaining, and then Adam Pearce kept, like, vacating for Kevin Owens. And then Reigns was just like, dude, like, I'm the reason why people watch this show, and you're pissing me off. Stop. Like, that was legit. Why? It was, it's just entertaining. And then Reigns is, like, grabbing Adam Pearce and, like, you know, threatening him and just... It's great content. It made me want to see Reigns versus Adam Pearce at the Rumble. N not you know, one of these current modern day wrestlers who can put in great matches. Adam Pearce. Because the story would have been that good, Kevin. You know? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. And then. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll go into reason 37, the WrestleMania 37 main event. Wow. Um, that match. Wow, yeah, that match was damn good. Just watching it live, I can't even tell you, bro. Like, there were so many times where I was sucked in by the false finish. That false finish where Edge spears Roman in the middle of the ring, I thought Edge won the title. I was, like, ready to, to get up and leave, go home. I thought it was over. It was just, God, those three guys put on a show, bro. And and I, we got to give Edge and Daniel Bryan their props, but it was all about Roman, too, because Roman, he was a heel. He was a true heel in front of a live crowd. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to get cheered, he's going to get cheered. But it played in, and it worked, and they had a, the three of those guys had a great match. Like, hats off to them. Definitely. Like, I mean, you mentioned Reason 38 there. He drew the desired reaction from the live crowd. Like, the amount of times nowadays that a heel like Roman Reigns would walk into a 25,000-person, like, stadium, and even though he's a heel, people would cheer him because, oh, he puts on great matches. Like, that's the kind of community we've got nowadays. So the fact that Reigns got literally unanimously booed he got a unanimously negative reaction, as he should, because he's the heel. It, it's just perfect. So, that's 38, and I'll just touch on 37 real quick. That match, I, I said on Twitter, like, a couple of days ago, that was a top three WrestleMania main event, which caused a good bit of debate. Because, yes, you might not think it's top three. You might not really think it's top five. It's objectively a top ten WrestleMania main event. Personally, I have it 
in the top three alongside... Well, what were the other two I had alongside it? Um, ugh, hmm. I'm trying to remember off the top of my wow. head, but... Yeah? Well, that's, I mean, still, that's heavy praise. I don't know if I would put it in my top three, but it's definitely i mean i could see like top 10 top 12. well i oh yeah, i had i had rock first austin at 17 and i had michael's taker at 26. I, I think it was better than the benoit one that you can't show anymore uh purely because of benoit mainly and then other matches like rock vs cena at 28 wasn't as good as this like I, I was like going through them i'm just thinking to myself like people saying cena michaels at 23 i'm just like i'd, I'd rather watch reigns edge brian than that like I have a top three, but nonetheless, that's a whole different debate in itself. Moving on to other reasons now. Reason 39. He starred in Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, mainstream much? Working with The Rock in a big production? Hello? Like, you know. Yeah. That movie is awesome. Have you seen it? I have. I have. It's great stuff. I admit, really good movie. It's just like, if you like, forget like, you know, technical acting and like, you know, good writing. If you just like action, two action stars, like Jason Statham and The Rock going at it, it's it's a perfect movie for you. It's just really good. And then Roman's in it. What, what do you need? Exactly. Damn cool. So that's 39. Reason 40. There's countless dream matches for Roman Reigns still on the table. Like, yeah, yes, most of these matches we've already seen along Roman's career to some extent. And people, because of that, say, oh, it can't, how can it be a dream match if we've already seen it? Well, okay. Like, I'm going to give the examples now. Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. People are going to say, that's not a dream match, we've already seen it. But we haven't seen the Tribal Chief against Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman's managerial role, like, you know, being debated about. Like, Reigns versus Brock, Reigns versus The Rock. I think that that, that match is like the last true massive dream match in wrestling. Reigns Cena, that'd be sick. Reigns versus Drew McIntyre in like the main event of WrestleMania. Reigns versus The Fiend. Like, Kevin, so many dream matches still for Reigns, you know? It's amazing that Reigns versus Cena happened on a throwaway B pay per view like <coughs> No Mercy or whatever it was. It it's just, uh, oh gosh, you know, like Reigns. I mean, if that match didn't happen at No Mercy, like if we could just give that match the Benoit treatment, just erase it, <laughs> you know, remove every single mention of that match and just give us Cena Reigns right now. Give us Hollywood Cena versus Tribal Chief Reigns. And I would be more content. I'd much rather see that than Reigns versus Rock. Like, I get it, Reigns versus Rock is a spectacle. Yep. But when that bell rings, Reigns versus Cena is going to be a million times better than Reigns versus Rock. You know, and, and it, it has just the same amount of star power as yeah. Reigns and Rock. The only thing with Reigns and Rock would be because at 18, we got Rock and Hogan. 28, we got Rock and Cena. I guess naturally doing Rock and Reigns at 38 would be, like, the way to go. Plus, like, imagine yeah. 100,000 people in the Dallas Stadium... All the flashbulbs, there's no flashbulbs really anymore, but imagine if you could have that, and Reigns and The Rock are just in the ring, you're doing that stare down. Like, that's just money, you know? That's wrestling, pal. But, you know, there's there's dream matches on the table, like, you know, John Silver versus Adam Page, pal. Oh, stacked, stacked, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, dynamite elevations. Oh, stacked. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Um, (laughs) Moving on, 41. This one, we kind of touched on it before. It's like a, a memeable moment. Walked out in Cesaro. Just hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, oh. yeah, it's just like, who are, you, who are you, bro? I don't even know, like, I don't even know you. You ain't even on my level, bro. Get out of here. Yeah, because Cesaro just isn't on Reigns' level at all. I mean, maybe as far as, you know, the, the put on great matches side of things, Cesaro is, but everything else, character, promos, entrance, merchandise, you name it, Cesaro is nowhere near Reigns. So, 
It was hilarious when he walked out on him. That's 41. Next up, 42. Near enough, objectively, there has not been one bad or subpar pay-per-view since Roman Reigns has returned. And most of that is because of Roman Reigns. Like, Kevin, literally, the pay-per-view before Reigns returned was the horror show at Extreme Rules, featuring Rey Mysterio's eye being popped out and featuring the Swamp Fight. And then, ever since Reigns returned at SummerSlam, yeah, payback wasn't the best, but I don't really count that as a pay-per-view. That was legit just a Raw. And then... Literally every other pay-per-view has been at least good and or amazing because of Reigns mainly, you know? Yeah, from Clash of the Champions to um, to WrestleMania, they've all been great. And yeah, WrestleMania, that one, I mean, yeah, we didn't need Roman Edge and Bryan to make that WrestleMania great. It still would have been good. Yeah. But look at like, especially like Fastlane, they, that was a one-match show. Everybody wanted to see Reigns and Bryan. You know, you look at Elimination Chamber. It was all about who's going to win, who's going to face Reigns the same night. The Royal Rumble, Reigns and Owens carry the show. This, you know, Survivor Series, Reigns and McIntyre carry the show. Reigns and Jey Uso carried Night of Champions, and they carry Hell in a Cell. It was just... Legit, Kevin. I mean, we kind of mentioned this point before. Like, honestly, on the spot, tell me one thing that happened at Clash of Champions besides Reigns versus Jey Uso. Um, well, was that, that, was that the one where Orton won the title from McIntyre? No, no, that was Hell in a Cell. So... Well, I know Orton and McIntyre had a match. Yes. And I know, that's all I know. <laughs> yep, and it's like, tell me one thing that happened at Fastlane, like one match at Fastlane besides Reigns versus Bryan. Oh, there was the women's match, the tag team match. I remember that because everybody was freaking out. It was the end of the world that Sasha and Bianca Belair were getting a tag team title shot. They had no, they did nothing to earn it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember. So the point being, you don't remember anything memorable on these shows outside of the rain stuff. And like the shows before Reigns returned, Extreme Rules, like you know, Money in the Bank, like Backlash. I mean, Backlash had the greatest wrestling match ever. But like generally, the shows without Reigns, it's like there's just there's not much spark oh, yeah, to them. We so. had Rey Mysterio getting thrown off the building, thrown off WWE's corporate building by Baron Corbin at Money in the Bank. <laughs> it's like, like Rey Mysterio gets thrown off a building, he gets his eye popped out. Wow. And that's like... That's what built those last two pay-per-views. Wow, and that's... now we got Roman and Jey Uso carry the show. It's like parallels, bro. Complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Jeez. Yeah, that's 42. Reigns 43. Re Reigns has improved immensely. Like, you look at... Take Reigns from when he was stuttering through promos, forgetting his lines. Like, that segment with Cena, you know, for their build-up to the No Mercy match that we think should get the Benoit treatment. That contract signing segment they did with Cena literally just full-on roasted and buried him for, like, 15 minutes. And Reigns was just there, like... Uh, like, like that was just compare that to what we've got for the past eight months that we've been praising for literally like 45 minutes now There's, it's, it's nine right. day Kevin it really is right. that's true long term storytelling pal if you have Roman come out and just roast Cena now you know but yeah I mean, he's his mic skills have just yeah mic skills through the roof improved yep. since that time where Cena buried him and also like character like I mean he went from literally pouring dog food on Baron Corbin to being objectively the best thing in wrestling so you'll have to see it reason 44 I, I made this comment before but it's, it's it deserves a whole reason you love to hate him but he can still entertain you immensely that's everything a good heel should be when triple h was the world champion on raw in the early 2000s holding the big gold belt being the top heel in the company you didn't want to turn the show off because he was just bad at his job you, you were entertained by him wanted to see people beat him up that's the same thing with roman reigns he's doing his job tremendously you know Absolutely.
Yeah, baby. We might as well just go to the next reason. Uh, yep. 45, he's justified why Vince chose him as the guy. The guy to run the company. I mean, he has. He definitely has. He literally is the guy running the company now. He's on the biggest show on SmackDown. He's on Fox, the mainstream show. He's carrying that show. And he's carrying WWE. He's the biggest merch seller. He's the most talked about topic. He's the most mainstream guy. And there's still plenty of things they can do with him. We, we can still get a Roman and Seth Rollins storyline that we haven't gotten really. We haven't gotten a proper Roman and Seth Rollins storyline. We could get that. There's just, you put him in there with Cesaro, it's going to be good. People are going to be watching. People are going to be talking about it. Everything he touches is gold. You know, I mean, that's another catchphrase right there of his. So there you go. Yep, exactly. And then reason 46, this one, he made a comeback from leukemia. Okay, he had to oh. go into remission from this. He made the comeback from it. Okay, as much as Brian Alvarez wants to discredit how bad leukemia is, as he did last November, the fact of the matter is, this guy had to go away to deal with leukemia, because it came back with him, and then he, he fought it off, and he came back stronger and better than ever. You know, like, it's just... Reigns is awesome, inspiring. dude. It's inspiring, it's an awesome story, it had mainstream attention. Roman Reigns is an inspiration. Yep, exactly, and then leading on to that, 47... He doesn't, he, like, when he was the, no, the, you know, the chosen one from, like, mid-2014 through literally when he had he announced that he had to go to, you know, leukemia remission in October 2018, the amount of negative publicity, toxicity, hate, just complaining on social media from the wrestling community, Reigns dealt with that for over four years, and you never, like, saw him doing what Seth Rollins did when Rollins was the top guy on Raw for, like, a month. And just complained and you know lost his mind on social media. Reigns dealt with all of that for literally over four years. Didn't say anything on social media. Did his job, went about his business, did what he could to try and make the material, I guess, somewhat okay. Like, like you can't fault the guy on that. He, he didn't complain, but you know, be acting all entitled, like, you know. I remember specifically when Seth Rollins was the top guy, and he told Will Ospreay, "Oh, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to check my bank account or something." I'm just like, bro. You're talking to a guy that wrestles in Japan for like half the money as you. Like, what are you doing responding to this guy? It's not what the top guy does. Like, like I mean, like even guys like The Miz don't do that, you know? That's, that's a joke. And yeah, I mean, reason 48, saved his legacy. Now this one, if Reigns never had this heel run as like the tribal chief, he'd probably be remembered as like a... Uh, not, not like a Lex Luger, I think that's a bit, a bit harsh, but like someone who was always forced down the fans' throats and no one ever enjoyed it, like a like a, a B-rate scene almost. But like, yeah. because of this run, I mean, you can talk about this now, Ken. Like, he saved his legacy, you know? Uh, yeah, he'd be remembered as someone that was a good wrestler, you know, good in the ring, could cut, could cut a promo when the chains were off. But he'd widely be remembered as somebody that people just didn't like. Like, he would be considered overrated, not deserving of his accomplishments. But he's changed all of that. And like like you said, he saved his legacy. He has. And now we'll see where this character can go because there's just so many different layers to it. And I'm hoping that when WWE goes back to running, you know, touring and having full full arenas, I hope we don't just go back and pivot back to the big dog and this babyface character that was pretty unbearable for the most part. Oh, God, no. I think Vince, Vince sees ratings, merch sales, and goes, okay, this, we've made the right move here. So, yeah, that's that one. Saves legacy. Reason 49. He was a part of the Shield, which is, in my opinion, almost objectively, the best wrestling stable since Evolution. And you could you could make a case it's better than Evolution. I'm not going to do that debate for this video, but nonetheless, he was a part of the Shield and a big part of the Shield. He was the juggernaut in the Shield, the one who'd get tagged in, do his big raw, beat guys up. Like Reigns in the Shield was so awesome, you know. 
Yeah, the shield was awesome. And, and you know, it's not just because of Roman. All three guys were equally great. Rollins, Ambrose, and Reigns were equally great. But Roman, which was, he played his part pretty well. He fit. He was good. He was good as the muscle. He was the guy that, like, when he got tagged in, you knew business was going to pick up. And, yeah, I mean, the Shield, it's one of the best stables. Like, one of the five or six best wrestling stables. It's on a short list with the NWO, DX. Like, it's not the same level as those iconic uh, stables. And, yeah, it, rightfully so. Yep, and picture in 15 years when the Shield are making their, like, doing their Hall of Fame speech. And it's looked back upon as, like, one of the greatest things ever. Like, that's going to be great. But, yeah, that's 49. And lastly, reason 50 he is the biggest star in wrestling, and there is absolutely no debate to it. It's objective that Roman Reigns is the biggest star. Now, I'm sure some people on Twitter are probably going to try and find a way to argue with that. The fact of the matter is, Kevin, objectively the biggest star, and you've got to commend it. Well, well Finn Balor is because he has more Instagram followers. Ah, yes, he definitely is, because a bunch of eight-year-olds followed him in 2016 to see the demon and haven't followed him and liked his stuff since. You love to see it. Um, <laughs> wow. No, yeah, Roman is the biggest star. Like, what he mean? He's been in Fast and Furious. He sells the most merch. Like, everything that we've already covered. Yeah. Pretty much puts this reason. Legit. Ahead. The last hour, pretty much, of what we've just talked about with Reigns fully justifies why there is no one on this guy's level and why he is the biggest star in wrestling. No debates. With that being said, any closing words about the Tribal Chief, Kevin? Nah, I got nothing else, man. We, we've said enough about this guy. We really did. So yeah, I'm going to stop the video now just so we don't hit the hour. Like, comment, sub. You guys know the drill. It's been good fun. Roman Reigns was well and truly deserving of all 50 of these reasons. I could have stretched it to 100, but I didn't need to be here. I didn't need to be here for an hour and a half, you know, praising a guy who you already know is fantastic. So that's been the video. Hope you guys enjoyed. Like, comment, sub. All that kind of stuff. Check out Elite Heat. Peace.